Hello, this is Joe and TJ, and we are the Schoolhouse 302, and we want to welcome you back to Focus Ed for Season 4. We are truly excited. Focus Ed is a collaborative project with the University of Delaware, the Delaware Department of Education, and the two of us, Joe and TJ, at the Schoolhouse 302. TJ, tell our audience a bit more about Focus Ed. Absolutely. Focus Ed is a podcast that gets recorded with a live audience. We do 14 episodes every season. We're in season four, but you can find season one, two, and three on our site at theschoolhouse302.com. It's a professional development experience for anyone who wants to attend, and then we blast it out from our site. We interview great leaders, authors of popular books, and experts in teaching, learning, and leading so that you can lead better and grow faster in your school or district. Thank you for listening to Focus Ed, and we hope you'll join us live. Hello, everyone. Each episode of Focus Ed, we invite expert guests to join us. And this episode, we are super stoked to have Jessica Cabine with a focus on leading with grace, more specifically how leaders can provide grace, but also maintain high expectations. TJ, why don't you tell our audience a bit more about Jessica? Sure thing, Joe. Thanks for that. Jessica is the principal of Alternative Educational Programs an Austin Online Academy in Austin, Minnesota. Prior to that, she was the principal at Ellis Middle School, as well as the happiest place in Southern Minnesota, the Woodson Kindergarten Center. She has been an assistant middle school principal, a special education assistant director, and special education teacher. Jessica was awarded the NAESP Digital Leader of Early Learning Award in 2016, in 2017, she was named the Minnesota National Distinguished Principal, and in 2021, she was named the Dive Principal of the Year. She is an NAESP Middle Level Fellow and a Future Ready Principal. She's the author of Hacking Early Learning, Balance Like a Pirate, Unconventional Leadership, and Leading with Grace, Leaning into the Soft Skills of Leadership, which we're going to be talking about today. By far her favorite space is the one that involves being with her husband, Rob, two sons, Kenny and Isaiah, and of course their family dog, Herman. Jessica can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Jessica Cabine, and at her website, jessicacabine.com. Okay, Jessica, we are so thrilled to have you on the show, like uh, Joe said, and we wanna jump right into this conversation. You wrote a book, you've written many books, but the one we wanna talk about today is Lead with Grace. Why'd you write it and what do you want educators to take from that? Well, first off, it's great to see so many smiling faces and people on and people in an audience. This is quite a, quite a neat opportunity and, and I'm really grateful for this and coming to you from the Central Standard Time of Austin, Minnesota. Um, I'm really glad to be here today and, and to really talk about this, um, this work in this book because I really feel like as a leader, this is what I lacked. It's not what you say, but how you say it is really what I've learned in my two decades of being an administrator. And I, I go back to like, I started like my administrative work in the secondary and I thought I knew it all. I'm a recovering assistant middle school principal who had a title and, and thought she was the bomb.com. And then my superintendent said, we're gonna put you in a principal position we're moving you to the kindergarten center here in Austin. And I, in my mind, I'm like 405 year olds. Well, that's going to be easy. Yeah, no, that's not. 
that's the opposite of easy. I think I tried to expel a young man for using the urinal inappropriately at the age of five. Um, I, I got schooled quite a bit um, and I learned a lot about communication and how to send and receive communication in meaningful ways, especially at that early learning years with families and staff, and then transcend that back when I moved back to the middle school um, eight years later, just how do you communicate messages to a variety of different stakeholders so they feel seen, heard, and valued. So that's really where that came from. And I'm just really honored that that work continues to be important. And I think at any level of leadership, either you're emerging, aspiring, you're seasoned, it's a message that's always valuable and worth um, hearing again. And I just finished a couple summer speaking engagements around it. It was good messaging just for me too, especially around vulnerability and that perfectionism and just being super authentic in your work. Jessica, if you wouldn't mind, I want to dig a little bit into something you mentioned about the superintendent moving you. Mm -hmm. And was there a level of grace that you had to show yourself? A lot of the, our audience are new administrators, new into the role, either as a principal or an assistant principal. And what you described is a serious transition. Like you said, you know, now you're dealing with the, the littles. Um, they provide an, a whole new complex set of issues from middle school, even though they have issues with their own right. Can you speak to us a little bit about the grace that you had to show yourself? I think that's critical for leaders to know and understand. Absolutely. I, you have to let go of the perception of leading with perfection. You absolutely have to let that go. Uh, it's humbling and it's, it's sharing that vulnerability, but it releases you from that pressure of having to be on and on it all the time. Um, I, I define grace as learning something new every day and forgiving yourself along the way. We celebrate students when they make errors and mistakes and flops and failures, but yet as, as leaders ourselves, we really beat ourselves up when we make an error. And so it's really normalizing leading and learning and making mistakes and growing from them instead of trying to cover them up or become defensive around them. So um, that's, that was a huge shift for me. And actually this new position, I laugh at it because I went to school with a typewriter and now I'm a principal of an online school. Like setting up my external mic today, I thought was going to take eight different YouTube videos. So when the superintendent said, this is the calling we have for you, I was like a middle school girl 2.0. I'm like this, I wanted to be a middle school principal forever. Um, but I think too, they recognize callings and strengths and gifts in myself that I didn't necessarily see. And so this has just been a huge learning curve in the last six to eight weeks of learning different platforms, communication, engaging, and understanding high school. Oh my gosh, I thought a middle school master schedule was complicated. Trying to navigate an online ALC style school is like a doctorate program. So it's, I think all of these different trajectories just continue to reinforce that message of you have gifts, you have been put in these positions for reasons, and you just really have to lean into the things that you do well and everything else will kind of come along. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it's a superpower to be able to work at all those different levels and to understand them. Um, and it's also a gift, I think, in our career to be able to pivot from one to the other and to um, be vulnerable enough to learn from the people already working in, in, the, in that environment. I kind of want to piggyback on that point, though, having grace for yourself, having grace for others, normalizing errors, but also having high expectations. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that? Because I think a lot of leaders, especially new leaders, have, um, have a hard time with the balance of providing grace for people, 
but also having high expectations on the other end, right? And mm -hmm. you can do both, but could you talk about how you do both without one kind of getting in the way of the other? Absolutely. So I'll give a couple tips. So one of the biggest things that I've learned, especially coming out of the pandemic, is we value our people before their positions. So value your people before their positions. And that means that you're going to need to get to know the people you're working around to get a sense of who they are outside of their title or their day job, because that helps with the rhythm of the year and the culture and the climate of your building. When we came back post-pandemic, I mean, we weren't sure if we were mask on, mask off, hybrid in, hybrid out. There was a lot of anxiety and angst last year. And I just wanted to like put it out there like, hey, this is stressful. We are coming out of a stressful season. There may be triggers in your personal or professional life that may impact your day-to-day -day operations. And I want to know that because I want to support you if you need help in, in seeking extra additional supports during those seasons. So that was really the, the foundation of I care about you as a person before your position. I think that's really helpful when you do have to have those hard conversations around high expectations. So if you're seeing something in a classroom or an interaction that you just, it's not acceptable within your, your community and your school, I always go back to, are they okay as a person? Is there anything going on outside of their classroom environment that might be impacting the way they're acting? I also think about, okay, what gifts do they bring to this position? Why are they here and in our community? And how do I honor that in the back of my head by still articulating the changes that need to occur? I'm probably like too much information all the time, but when I am having those hard conversations, I want to be really clear about the fact that this is going to be a difficult conversation. I don't do the sandwich method where it's something nice, the feedback and something nice, because they never really hear that. They just, they hear the, the carbs and they don't get the protein. Um, but what I would say is that uh, we can stop. I can read it, say it again. We can take a break, but we are going to have this conversation. And I think too, going back to your, either your, your strategic plan, your common vision, your guiding mantra is always helpful too. Like at Ellis Middle School, ours was expect the best. And so if I was having that hard conversation, I said, you know, one of our guiding practices here at Ellis Middle School is we expect the best. And, and I just saw this interaction or I, I saw this in the classroom and it, it doesn't really come across as who you are or how you want your students to see you. Can we talk through how do we get back to that point? How do we repair a relationship if we need to? How do we talk to a family and how do we move forward? And I think the, the hardest thing for leaders, because a lot of us got into this work because we care and love about people and doing that kind of work probably is making y'all just have back sweat and hot flashes right now. Cause it's not easy and it shouldn't be. If you are like, yes, I get to have a hard conversation with someone and you know, not the right work. I think having that care and consideration around it is super important. But that being said, I think it's just, it's a practice. And I think you just got to keep working through it and seeking advice and feedback about how that message was heard. Jessica, I think TJ would agree. Very glad to hear you say no compliment sandwiches. Let's just put that on the table. Something that we often talked about, it doesn't work. I like how mm -hmm. you said it, to get the carbs and not the protein. So <clears throat> just have to acknowledge that we say dive right in, be candid and be kind as well. You touch things uh, simultaneously. When I hear you talk about grace, difficult conversations, getting to know your people, you know, I'm reminded that grace is a skill. This isn't a, a nice to do or a soft skill. It is a hard skill that you have to master. Where do you see um, where administrators need to grow the most 
in this area when it comes to leading with grace and exercising this as a skill? Gosh, I wish I, you would have written my books. These are great lead-ins. Um, I would definitely say it's grace, not gracefully. Leading with grace, I think that's really important that you're going to make mistakes and trip up with this, but grace is not gracefully. That's That's the bottom line with that. So I would say connecting with kids and having hard conversations with parents. I go back to uh, Theodore Roosevelt's, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I think that's incredibly important at no matter what age or stage you're at with interacting with families and staff, because there's always going to be a conflict of either high expectations, challenging behavior, and really being able to be transparent and, and knowing something about this family or about these students or about the circumstances, especially as we're bringing kids back, um, is just really being clear about here's our expectations, here's the non-negotiables, and here's how we're moving forward with it. And so building those relationships with all stakeholders is really important. And those can be, that's where the authenticity comes in, I think is really important. Like, for example, when I followed, like, she's an amazing leader. When I came behind her, one of her biggest things in the morning is she was always in the halls talking to teachers before the start of the day. And that wasn't my thing. Like I needed to be around kids because most of my day was with adults. And so I flipped the narrative and I led from being out at bus duty, whether it was February, January, June, no matter what, it snows in Minnesota. So just wear a winter coat and you're fine. But like that filled me up in the morning is to be around kids and build my muscle that way. And then I was able to interact with adults during the day. So I think the biggest thing is, is when you're starting to find your authentic voice or starting to, to lead by showing people that you care is finding a way that makes sense for you. You know, whether it's, if you have an interest in like you play sports, like hanging out at the recess or um, my initial degree was in music therapy. And so every once in a while I just go in the band room and I play with the drummers and they think it's hilarious. I think just finding really intentional ways that you can authentically make your mark in your community and your culture will have ripple effects in that building those relationships. And then when you come in to have some of those hard conversations or to continue to build that muscle of having high expectations and making sure kids and staff feel supported, you've got that whole foundation underneath you. Jessica, like Joe said, we've got a lot of new leaders on the call in the audience. If you were to give them a pro tip to say, look, you need transferable skills. You need to practice this stuff. Here's what you can do tomorrow when you get to school to try to lead with grace, but still have high expectations and to use these soft skills to your benefit. What's the pro tip? What do you tell people to try and to practice tomorrow? Self-regulation, self-regulation for school leaders. Uh, again, when we go back to that's not what you say, but how you say it, if you are irritable, agitated, bad hair day, something went wrong at home, and you bring that energy into your office or that energy into an interaction with another adult, it not only could impact that initial conversation or that interaction, it could impact the relationship. And I'll give an, a very quick example. So when I was at the kindergarten center, we had zones of regulation, and I actually took my zones board with me to the middle school. And so, and I didn't even tell them what they meant, but they knew like, Ooh, she's got the red card. Don't go near her. You know, the green card was go and staff started to read that energy to know like, Hey, sometimes I just need a minute. I need a break to recalibrate. So, um, whether that's for me in the morning, like I prescribe to a miracle morning. So when I get up in the morning, I do a devotional, I do a journal and I do some form of exercise. I do not check my email the first thing in the morning. I don't, <laughs> like I'm not on social media, like that first 45 minutes of the day is solely for me. And as a school leader, you know that that time is valuable. Like 
sometimes even going to the bathroom, it's really hard to like not have somebody on the radio or a phone call. Like there is, so like finding and carving out daily time for you to find some self-regulation is really important because like, like I said, somebody could walk in right now. And if I give a weird look or something like that could impact them more than, you know, because they see you as the leader and maybe they only interact with you once every two weeks. And that interaction was short or curt, or you were emailing and not looking at them. So I think that's something is to find those self-regulation strategies. And, um, I don't know who came up with, you know, have an open door policy, shut your door. Like if you just had a really hard conversation or you need to get something done, like shut it and put a filing cabinet in front of it. I don't know, hide under your desk, but like put some boundaries around your time. Um, we don't do well multitasking. And so if you need to get some work done, it is okay to shut your door. I mean, obviously work with your system so somebody can cover for you or, you know, just, just know that because we cannot be on all the time. It's this job is exhausting. Um, and we need us to be ready to be in it for the long haul for kids and family and staff. And so finding ways to find self-regulation strategies, putting boundaries on your time and just giving yourself time to recalibrate during the day is going to help you in that, in that long haul. Nobody needs to be May tired in the month of October. If you were ever a teacher, May tired boys and girls eating Twix bars and Cheetos and falling asleep at 415. No May tired in October. We got to figure out ways to, to build up our bandwidth so we can have the full marathon of the year. Jessica, that's a t-shirt. No May tired in October. Um, but you know, we're going to be with these new administrators all year. You mentioned a few things that I definitely want to highlight, but I also want to just draw the connection between self-regulation and grace. Like taking a little time for yourself to know that you need a minute is a strength. Getting self-regulated is a demonstration of grace with yourself and knowing that, like you just said, not only is the season a marathon, the school season, but you know, within a day, you can be exhausted sometimes by 10 a.m. and the day just got started. So I really appreciate that. I want to move on to a question regarding student experiences. And if you were to affect the student experience in every school, what would you want to see done? I saw that that question was coming through. You know, I definitely would have responded differently three months ago when I had my, you know, K-8 brain on. And now that I've moved into 9-12 and working in alternative programming and, and online school, I'm really getting to meet with and experience student voices that haven't really fully felt seen in the school setting. And so I really think that three to five years down the road, if our students that come into our school feel seen, heard, valued, and know that there is a place for them past high school and whatever they want to do would really be a win for me. I'm just learning some of these students' stories and, and wishing they would have had better experiences early on or finding ways that they can see themselves within the school is really instrumental. And here in Austin, um, we're really blessed to have over 40 different languages represented in our schools, even though we're considered a rural community of 20,000. Um, we are the home of Spam, the fantastic meat product, 16 different varieties, but being the world headquarters of Spam brings in a lot of different diversity within our workforces from, from the world headquarters to the plant. That all being said, um, it's really opened our eyes to the needs to make sure that all of our students are being seen in our school um, from the, the, the athletic field 
to the academic classroom. I think it's just, it's really opened our eyes. And um, if, you, if you follow me after this on Instagram, it's always really fun because I do some crazy things with my children, but I am the mom of an adopted uh, Ethiopian who is a sophomore here at our school. And that has opened my eyes, not only to his experiences, but the experiences within our Ethiopian and Sudanese community of being seen, heard and valued outside of being an athlete. Like, where are they when they're in the classroom? Are they in the honors classes or are they in the general courses? And why, why is there that stigma? And so I'm asking a lot of questions because, A, I want to make sure that this experience is, is better for my son, but in turn, um, this community that's adopted us in so we can continue to increase his cultural belonging here and back home. Jessica, I wrote that down, seen, heard, valued. I'm also I'm appreciative that you bring up the concept of student voice being elevated in our schools. Many schools are focused on that, and yet the statistic is still wild that every any given classroom has still 70% plus of teacher talk. And so we got to get away from that and really elevate student voices. And so I'm glad you brought that up. That has been brought up on this show a number of times that the student voice needs to be elevated in schools. Something that our listeners love is resources. What's your favorite resource to support teaching, learning, and leadership in schools? Obviously, you can name many if you'd like to, but what are your go-to resources for, for teaching, learning, and or leading in schools? You know, my, my last gig here was really grounded in that middle level, and so I loved anything around brain development because I think we sometimes assume things based upon a physical behavior and not a physiological response to hormones and teenage and body odor and your mom's your middle school principal for both the boys, that's extra therapy for them as they went through. Um, but anything like um, I loved culturally responsive teaching in the brain, I keep going back to that one. Armstrong did a really great book on the adolescent brain. So if you're in that middle level, that's really important. If you're pre-K three, leading at an elementary, but your lens is a secondary similar to mine, anything around pre-K three learning is, is super valuable. Um, I wrote the Hacking Early Learning really just because it was all the things I wish I would have known when I had taken the position. And so it was just learning more about like um, play-based learning, experiential, uh, um, environmental uh, lessons and how to like bring in community partners. And then um, I just think right now I'm really kind of going on the lens of the mental health and career pathways for kids. So that's kind of my, my new lens I'm looking into as I go. So Castle has been a great resource for me, just learning how to find um, social emotional learning lessons that I can model for staff during our staff meeting that then would transcend so they could use them during our advisory or academic connect times with our high schoolers. So I think that's really important too as leaders is being able to model some of those practices in meetings so then staff can see it and normalize it when they go to the classroom. So like that teacher talk, we do a lot of, at the middle school, we did a lot of playlists. And so teachers could see a variety of different ways students could show mastery but we would do playlists within our professional development so teachers could kind of choose their own adventure. They knew they had to complete X amount of activities, but they could do it in the way that they felt was most meaningful and valuable to them. And then the challenge was, okay, now you create a playlist for one of your classes in the next quarter. So I think that's really important too, is like modeling what you want to see in the classroom. So if you want to see less teacher talk and more engagement, how can you model that in either like a team meeting, a department meeting, or a staff meeting, so they can see that you're wrestling through it too, 
and um this sounds really weird but set a low bar like sometimes screw up so then the kids are the teacher's like oh I could do it better than her I was the best at making awful like PowerPoint lesson plans and things because the the kindergarten teacher was like oh I could do a way better read aloud than Miss Cabine it makes it like less when you lead with it and maybe make a mistake or two then they're like oh I don't have to be perfect at this but I have to try it and I think that's there's that perfectionism piece with educators too. They always think if they're going to do it, they have to do it at 110%. But even if they do it at 70, they show the kids that they're learning, trying and growing as well. I hope that makes sense because people are like, what do you mean you want us to screw up? Well, model, keep modeling that for your staff so then it normalizes it and they'll do it for their kids. Yeah, it's powerful, Jessica. It goes back to what you said earlier, let go of the perception of leading with perfection. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it ties right back to that the modeling. And as leaders, you know, we always need to demonstrate to those in the classroom, hey, we're learning as well. And so it used to be one of my biggest pet peeves when we'd want teachers to learn all this technology and we were still running off prints of, mm -hmm. you know, copies and worksheets, like even in our own meetings. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Just you had mentioned about, you know, doing some speaking over the summer. You're obviously now hit all levels within K-12 and in different areas from online to in person. It's remarkable. You know, what does the next three to five years look like for you to accept? Like, this is just an incredible impact I'm making each day, whether it's with students, whether it's within your own family, the education profession in general. Well, I think, I think in the, in the short term, it's, it's making it through my son's senior year without too many tears or showing up in too many of his classes here at the high school, just so it's a good experience for him. And then for the second year, when my younger son's a junior, not like stalking him every day, but you know, the personal side is I've kind of been able to follow my kids through some of their experiences and being able to watch them go to the next level is going to be amazing. Um, the more I get into this high school experience, the more I'm just intrigued and I'm asking a lot of questions, especially around career pathways and supporting our students of diverse backgrounds and having equal access to FAFSA, to community college, to certificates, to endorsements, really leveling up the playing field in our community to make sure all students see themselves within our community and see beyond what they may think that they can do because they can do so much more. And then I think just professionally, like I'm just finishing up my, my fifth book and I'm really excited about putting that out into the world and then continuing to work with school leaders around, it's called Principal In Balance. And it's really around supporting school leaders and aspiring school leaders in learning how to, to lead at work and have a life. Because I just feel like COVID didn't do us any favors. There's a lot of talk about self-care and support and resiliency for our educators. And we're kind of left at the wayside. And so I'm really excited about that getting out into the world and, and hopefully a message that is heard and received by, by principals because leaders, you're amazing. And it's been so fun to get to meet people and to talk to them either on social media or um, within sessions at, at conferences. And I just don't want to lose leaders in this field because the work that you do is invaluable. And if I can provide any resources to help them find ways to, to have that balance, I want to make sure that that's out there. Jessica, I think that's a great way to wrap up actually is this message about self-care for principals that COVID didn't do us any favors and that people need to be in balance. Um, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
And so it's a, a nice final note. Um, we can't wait for the book to come out. I was actually trying to find it on pre-order while you were talking there to get a copy of that as soon as it, it arrives. This has been fantastic. We really appreciate you joining us today. Is there anything else that you would like to add or, or one final note for the new leaders in the room and the program, any leaders who joined on the call, something that you're passionate about? Breathe. Breathe, smile, take a break, have a life. Breathe, smile, take a break, and have a life. I wish I would have taken my own advice 15 years ago, and I prioritized my position over being a parent and being a spouse, and it was not so gentle reminder a year later that I missed a lot of great activities, you know, and I missed things because I thought my value was being on 24-7, always available to the people that I serve, and I forgot about the people that... I need to support at home. So I think that's, if I can give that information, it's the, I'm going to tell you right now that the emails will always be there. They'll be there at 5.30 tonight and they'll be there at 7.30 tomorrow morning. The difference is, is you're going to get 12 hours or 10 hours of break and recalibrate and build that resiliency. So when you walk in, you can respond more regulated than maybe if you were trying to respond at two in the morning. And thank you for being here. My gosh, it's like 5.30 out there. Jeez, you stayed up late for me on a Thursday night. So thank you for just your time and letting me speak to you because I, I just, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and I want you to stay in this and please, if there's anything you ever need, just, just reach out. Well, people stayed because they want to hear your message. And I think you should have a t-shirt company because I wrote down, no one needs to be May tired in October, seen, heard, valued, and now breathe, smile, take a break and have a life. So Hopefully we'll see the Jessica Cabine t-shirt line here uh, soon enough. Fantastic. You heard it here on Focus Ed, Jessica Cabine, everyone. How about a virtual and live, thank goodness, round of applause from our audiences. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by the Delaware Academy for School Leadership, the Delaware Department of Education and the Schoolhouse 302. Don't forget to follow the schoolhouse302.com for podcasts like this one, blog posts, books to read, and more. We'll be back soon with another episode of Focus Ed. Until then, stay focused. Hey, leaders, before you go, one more announcement. We now have available for you our candid and compassionate feedback masterclass. Really, because of high demand, we are thrilled to offer this. This is a course that we run live and in person all the time, and leaders love it. They learn to give feedback with skills that they can use right away, including better praise to lift and celebrate your team. It's now available in a virtual online format that you can take on your own, self-paced, from the comfort of your office or home. Here's what you'll get. There are 11 lessons with a focus on nine candor cancellations that we wrote in our Candid and Compassionate Feedback book. These are mistakes that leaders make that we don't want you to make anymore. We'll teach you models so that your feedback is meaningful and we'll give you tools necessary to build the culture that you always wanted. Trust us, without these critical skills, you're not capitalizing on your own capacity to lead better and grow faster. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com, click on shop courses, add this course to your cart and start learning today.